Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we go through all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies as we get closer and closer to Infinity War. Today we are doing Ant-Man. As always, I am your co-host Anthony Canton III for today's episode, and I'm always joined by one Christy. Jake, what's happening, brother? Uh, nothing much, you know. Uh, how you doing, Anthony? I am good, I'm good. And of course, my other co-host, Jerome Chang. Jerome, what is good in your neighborhood? The month of April is all Marvel. Uh, this is a wonderful time. Let's do it, let's do it. And of course, today we have a special guest hailing from Bahrain with the smooth voice that can make Barry White cry. One, Will Brown. Will, welcome to the program. Good to be here, fellas. Good to be here. So, as we get started, before we even get started with this Ant-Man movie, which was a very enjoyable movie to me, I thought it was really, really good. We'll get to it in a second. Will, your Twitter timeline has been a joy to read over the past couple of weeks as you've been catching up on all of these Marvel, uh, Marvel movies. What has the experience been like for you as you've kind of gone through all of these movies and you're getting, you're getting closer and closer to Infinity War as a lot of people are. So what has been your experience to this point? You know, my main experience is, you know, when you're watching these movies in the theaters, you know, it's kind of just like you see shiny things and you're turning your head this way and that way. But as you're binging them in the comfort of your own home on a couch, I'm seeing, you know, small jewels here and there where it's like, oh, you know what? I never heard them say that. Or I never saw this person standing back there and I didn't know who they were affiliated with. So seeing all that now and then seeing how it connects to the next movie and then the next movie, it's just it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's been and I, I could I'm sure I could speak for you as well. It's it has been all I think for all of us, it's been an incredible experience to just rewatch these movies and kind of go through those similar experiences. So now as we to Ant-Man. It's the 12th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The screenplay was by one Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Now, this is an interesting topic because Edgar Wright was initially supposed to play Scott Lang, but this, the, but there was a situation that happened. Wait, he and was? I didn't know that part about it. Yeah, are you, you sure? didn't know. You're so, I think you, oh, you guys, are you, you guys sure he was supposed to play. I thought I thought it was always uh, Paul Rudd as. Ed. Yeah, I thought he was just supposed no, to direct. I, no, I read this. I, I actually I, I did some research because actually Jerome had brought it up because I didn't even know anything about Edgar Wright before Jerome had brought it up to me he, a couple of I don't even know I didn't even know he acted. I thought he just was the director, but Yeah, he actually yeah, he was actually initially supposed to play Scott Lang. But mm-hmm. uh there were uh, there were some issues, um and he spoke about it uh while promoting uh, Baby Driver. He said the mm-hmm. I quote unquote I think the most diplomatic answer is I wanted to make a Marvel movie but I don't think I wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. It was a really heartbreaking decision to have to walk away after having worked on it for so long because me and Joe Cornish in some form it's funny some people say oh they've been working on it for eight years and that was somewhat true but in that time I had made three movies so it wasn't like I was working on it full time but after the world's end I did work on it for like a year. I was gonna make the movie so according to Wright, the schism was born out of Marvel's desire to create new draft, a new draft of the movie without Wright and Cornish. Suddenly becoming a director for hire on it, you're sort of less emotionally invested and you start to wonder why you're there, really. Uh-huh. So, while, so while Wright and Cornish retained a credit on the final film, it's unclear how much of their script remained in the final cut. So that... Uh, by the that's, way, Yeah, that's really Anthony, fascinating. I just looked it up. Uh... Ed Wright was supposed to direct, but he Paul Rudd was supposed to star. Oh, okay. crap. Yeah, I was about to say, Ed Wright's I'll never get, acted in his life, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Don't sound for that, please. Okay, it's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I remember that. I, I, was, I saw this happening as it uh, was going on, and, I mean, I... Uh, Same. I, I I'm I like Ed Wright's films. I'm not uh, particularly like a huge stand of his like a lot of people on Twitter are. But I remember people on Twitter like melting down over it. Um and uh yeah, so it, 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 I remember it was like a huge scramble cuz he left um 
like pretty like soon before in in relative time to when the movie was supposed to be released. He left pretty soon before it. So I remember right. it was a scramble to find a new director that they tried to get Adam McKay to direct it. Uh, he and Paul Rudd uh, like rewrote some of the bits of the screenplay. Um, Adam McKay mm-hmm. was too busy, and then they brought in Peyton Reed, which had people really freaking out because his other credits were Bring It On and Yes Man. <laughs> oh, man. Classics. Those are classics, though. yeah. Oh, um, the more you know. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I was a big fan of Edgar. I am still a big fan of Edgar Wright. Uh, it was interesting. I think the part that uh, really throws me is how... how um, off was this film for Marvel that they felt like that much of a difference when you saw things like Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and you even think see things later on with like Thor Ragnarok. It's just like it seems like Marvel gives a lot of leeway for directors to add their own uh, take on it. That it, you, I am curious, like what exactly was it about the Edgar Wright uh, Ant Man that caused such a divide? But um, anyway. Yeah, some fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, so this this general, uh, the general arc of the movie actually is very to me. It's very simplistic. It's like a story about redemption for Scott Lang, uh, played by Paul Rudd. And I guess the first the first question I would ask to the panel, uh, Will, I'll start with you first. What did what what was your overall and you actually chose this movie to come on. So what were what were your what were your favorite parts of this movie? What made you interested in this movie so much? I mean, for me it was it's basically an everyman movie. I mean, mm. like you like you were just talking about how this was shot compared to the other Marvel films, you know, where you got these fantastical lands or you have you know, rich people with the money. You you look at this movie and you see, all right, I could live in these neighborhoods. I know people who live in these neighborhoods, you know, and it just feels like the wealth and the superpowers and all of that good stuff aren't thrown in your face. And it, it just feels like a real people move. You got an ex-con who's trying to redeem himself to to basically win the affections or keep the affections of his daughter you know, this is this is this is real life we're talking about. You know, yeah. there there are actual people out there trying <laughs> to do these things, but not with an Ant Man suit. Right. Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, Will raises a really great point about it because also when you think about it in the lineage of Marvel Cinematic uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this comes right after Age of Ultron, which is all the superheroes fighting together, and then you have this very grounded story one that is very contained there is obviously uh and we'll get to it uh connections to the larger uh marvel cinematic universe but really it's just a story about the pym family and scott lang and uh their connections before is what brings them into the fold but yeah really it's you know it's kind of like a fun aside it's a heist movie um and uh especially when we're talking about some of the other films uh when because they get so loaded with superheroes it's almost really hard to find uh in one of our categories our favorite non uh superhero character but here we have a ton of non-superhero characters that we actually see a little bit fleshed out and uh focused on so um and for me i just generally about the movie i'm a huge fan of paul rudd so i'm all in for that uh i think there's also a little level of uh, marvel thinking they could do anything because they're deciding they're gonna make paul rudd into a superhero i know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) exactly but uh, yeah, and, and like and that definitely adds. Like Paul Rudd is as every man as any actor that you can come across. Uh, extremely likable, extremely uh, grounded. But um, yeah, actually, a really fun movie that I enjoyed. Absolutely, go ahead, Jake. Uh, you know, I, I think that this movie um, really signaled uh, the full shift into uh, Marvel making uh, genre movies. Um, with a lot of their standalone films, because this is just a heist movie that just so happens to have uh, a special suit. Because besides the suit, like the idea of uh, ex-con getting recruited by like a rich billionaire to steal like something that like, his like protege slash enemy built, like that's that sounds like just a regular heist movie. You know what I mean? Um, right. 
and the way that they do they hit all the heist movie elements so perfectly i don't know I, and i think mm-hmm. the casting of paul rudd really was uh the best decision that marvel made in regard to this movie and and honestly i feel like it's up there with all their best casting decisions because yeah. ant-man is uh i remember the first time i ever heard of ant-man actually was as a punch like not a, like a full-on punchline but as a joke when people are talking about when the Avengers movie came out, it was like a thing where people were like, did you know that that's not all the Avengers? There's actually a guy named freaking Ant-Man. Imagine if they made a movie about him. And uh, <laughs> also, every time I think of this movie, I always think about the first the trailer that I always saw um, in which Michael Douglas said, and this is, a, I swear in my mind, this is a good impression where he says, you have to become the Ant-Man. I need you to be the Ant-Man. So, take that for what you That's will. pretty solid. That's pretty uh, awesome. I'll, probably, I'll put it back yes. to back with that actual line. Anyway, uh, <laughs> those are my thoughts. Oh, so, well, for me, before we move on to the next topic, I think as somebody who kind of knows the past of Hank Pym, so it's mm-hmm. interesting that they chose to go with the Scott Lang uh, character. And I often wonder if they chose to go with the Scott Lang character uh, as the main Ant-Man is because Hank Pym, and uh, sh- and here's a little shout out to Sorted History. Hank Pym does have a little bit of a sorted history in the yes, comic books in terms right. of yeah. in terms of abuse and stuff. So, right. I, and I found that interesting. Uh, and um, of course, some of Michael Douglas' roles have kind of like been, or you know, based off of that type of stuff. So I find right. it interesting. It was a very interesting casting to have him play Hank Pym. So I think Michael Douglas as older Hank Pym is perfect. It's, oh, yeah. it's absolutely it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's spot on, spot mm-hmm. on, for the, spot on for the character. So yeah. I, I think everybody here made great points in terms of this being just a, a not to call it basic, but uh, just streamlining a simplistic story. But still, there was a lot of heart in it. There was a lot of it was just like really, it was really funny, and it, and mm-hmm. I just and I just enjoyed the I just enjoyed the overall film and kind of the to uh, as I alluded to earlier with Scott Lang looking for redemption, uh, Hank Pym looking for redemption. So right. uh, both of those storylines uh, coming together, and we get a little Avenger stuff in it as well. So I think that's pretty dope too. Now this next topic is interesting because I want to see if. On favorite non-superhero character, because there's a lot of interesting characters in this film, but there's one that really stood out to me. But will go ahead. Who was your favorite non-superhero character? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, mine was Hank Pym, off okay. top. You know, the reason why it was Hank Pym, beginning of the movie, he comes in there and he smashes this guy's face right into the table. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and you know. You can flip. He flipped from caring to to aggressive to wise, you know, in different scenes. And I'm seeing this. I'm like, well, you know, it's Michael Douglas. I mean, we're, we're talking about Gordon Gecko here. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what more could I expect? You know, and mm-hmm. you got all of these bit parts throughout the movie. And it's just like, man, I, I love how this guy's playing. that. I love how this guy's playing that. But Michael Douglas is Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, Michael Pena as Luis. Yep. Yep. Hands down. Yep. It's, yep. Yep. <laughs> and really, just such a credit to the actor because everything he does could be screwed up so badly. Uh, Jake yes. talks about it all the time. Um, <laughs> there are so many lines in some of these Marvel cinematic films uh, that could just make you groan, but it's because of the actor that is delivering it that it actually sells. And basically, I'd say 90% of what Pena says throughout this in the wrong hands would be terrible. And this would be such a corny movie. It would be horrible. But him as Luis, it's the highlight of the film. It Actually, uh, he might be one of my favorite non-superhero characters in any of the films, period. I agree. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, he's my uh, favorite non-superhero character. Um, this movie brought uh, Michael Pena super high up the celebrities you wish weren't Scientologists uh, chart. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, he skyrocketed up it. Um, just his whole demeanor and 
the way that like he that I think that a lot of what works with the way he delivers his lines that other actors wouldn't do so well is just that he's sincere in all of it. Like it, yes. it doesn't yes. feel like a bit. Um, right. It feels like he's just when he's like excitedly explaining stuff to Scott. It feels like he's actually that excited, not yeah, you know. And and yeah, <laughs> he just he just makes me happy everything he says, and uh, that's a pretty that that that's a good sign. But there's so many other great supporting characters. Like I just want to shout out. Uh, she doesn't get much screen time, but uh, Scott Lang's uh, ex-wife. How am I forgetting her name? Uh, just because I'm a, I, I'm Maggie. Judy Greer. I'm yeah. I'm I might not be the president of the Judy Greer deserves bigger roles club, but I'm definitely on the board. So yeah, fair. <laughs> also, yeah. since we're talking non superhero characters, uh, I had this as a note. I completely forgot Ti was in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No. Also, when he shows, when yeah. he shows up, oh my god. Also, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. go ahead. That Wood Harris is in this movie. Shouts to paid in full. In the wire, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah drinking drink the occult um, probiotics milk. Yep. <laughs> I actually have a, I yes. have a, I have a note about Ti being in this movie. Do you want me to do it now or later? No, go ahead. Yeah, let's get it up. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not even a note. It's a really dumb joke. It's that uh, <laughs> it's uh, and it is a thought I had when um when uh when um. Scott asked, uh, tell me about that tip, um, like, to uh, Luis for a split second. I'm like, what if Luis just says, oh, you mean the guy who plays my friend Dave? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That's funny. All right, sorry. Also, yeah, like, shadow the fact that his name is Dave. Like, it's just. Yeah, I (laughs) know. It's beautiful. I feel like those are like Adam McKay ads, like Paul Rudd and Adam McKay moments. <laughs> like those seem on brand with that. Yeah. So like, like for me, I agree with both uh, Jake and Jerome. Uh, Michael Pena was was so good, just so good. It mm-hmm. like from beginning to end, and just like to be an ex-con and play it with such lightheartedness, like the yeah. way, just just the way at the beginning of the film when Scott gets out of jail, <laughs> oh. and and then Scott asks Louise, "Hey, how's your girl, man?" Don't don't Louise step asks, on my uh, favorite line, man. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll I'll, get to I'll, that. No, I'm gonna stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll let you do it. Okay, I'll let you, you do it. But that part—it's like you think of this movie, and it's like I had not like really super super high expectations for this movie going into it, but this just like. All of this comedy and stuff, and and again, shout out to Marvel for finding a way to make a story about Ant Man legit. And uh, Michael Pena was a was a huge part of that with his comedic timing and the monologue at the end, which is like the one of the best, which is one of the best uh, monologues I, I I've uh, I've seen uh, in a in a comedy film in a in a long time. So. I'll go with Michael Pena. Delivering them, they add so much depth to this, yes. what would be a one-note character otherwise. Just how he breaks down everything and how cultured he is. <laughs> just, yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, before we get into some of our, our favorite topics, we might as well hit it right now. What were some issues that you guys had with the film? Jake, I hear your thoughts first. Okay, good. Um, let me see. That... Okay, this is unfair. I, I I watched this movie late last night. I shouldn't have written down Hope has a silly haircut. I mean, I still believe it. I have it too. I no, I have it too. I shouldn't have. It just, I mean, and this is this is really mean, but it just kind of accentuates the fact that eventually Lily, ha- Lily has a very wide mouth. You don't notice it except the fact that she has the uh, haircut. Anyway, it's just it's just a fact. I, she's, she's a very beautiful woman. She's a very beautiful woman. Anyway, uh, but, um, but... Okay, this is. I don't know why I wrote it down like this. That you know he that uh, uh, Darren Cross kills the guy Dave, right? Who's like not Dave. Yeah. The guy kills the guy Frank, who's like being uh, a pain about uh, the his particle. And I wrote, you mean to tell me no one is asking where's my guy Frank? It's Odie Wilde who just <laughs> yeah. disappeared. Don't you think, Darren? Uh, so yeah, you can't just kill a guy who's like. I, I don't know what his job is, but he's important. He wears a suit. 
like clearly right. he has responsibilities. True. That was my bit. I say I really didn't have a ton of huge problems with the movie, but that was just like yeah. why? Oh, oh, oh! I forgot another problem. I didn't write it down, but this is actually a serious like story thing that like when in the last when they're in the uh, like the room at the end towards the end when like he's showing off the yellow jacket costume and yeah. he's and he's about to kill Hank Pym how hope brings up uh that it's just the, it's just the particle messing with his mind i think that's fine right. but they only mentioned that in passing earlier and i think it would yeah. be like is either that is what's doing it, either that is the explanation of his behavior or it's not like because we up right. until that point, I was under the impression that Hank Pym thought he was a loose enough cannon where this is perfectly normal behavior for him, and right. they kind of throw that in if there. Like the particles maybe pushing him over the edge, but yeah. still, yeah, it, it was it's, in this weird gray area. What, how much is actually Darren Cross? How much is the particle? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not. And I didn't even think about that as a possibility until Hope brought it up, which I think is kind of a mistake. Uh, anyway, right. I'm probably gonna cut out that thing I said about Evangeline Lilly's face. Continue. <laughs> uh, Jerome, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Um, I didn't go as far as the face part, but in in Jake's defense, I did find Hope's haircut very distracting for a good long time. In the it film. was it kind of was yeah um yeah and then uh one thing uh just because we mentioned Darren Cross now and uh Will had uh, added the Wall Street uh reference um. Would be kind of hilarious if they somehow figured out a way to get Charlie Sheen to play Darren Cross in this. <laughs> I know that would have been. <laughs> that would have been actually a little amazing, just as the pro- like the uh, abandoned protege. Ah, it'd be fantastic. Anyway, uh, I think my one nitpick uh, for this is, as much as I enjoy it, um, the montage goes on for a period that doesn't seem to fit within the timeline. Like similar to uh, when we get to Civil War, we talk about. Uh, Iron Man's 36 hours to act like too much is happening on in that time. Also, yeah. Paul Rudd gets abs in what like two days. That that yeah, works that's pretty quick. That's very quick. <laughs> I, like I understand the whole point. Like you know he, he has to be like superhero form, but um, that's kind of crazy. Uh, also, uh, one thing I'm curious about, just logistically, when you are uh, at size, he's running a lot. He has to have the most ridiculous cardio. Of any character because he's not technically a superhuman yeah he is a human in a suit but mm. because he has to cover all these distances he's just running non-stop all the time how he's not ever out of breath i still don't quite understand that element of it oh yeah come back to me at the end of this section because i just remembered a physics thing that i noticed but i don't want to keep talking so no, okay. It's, it, okay it's all good okay, <laughs> okay. well we'll go ahead brother all right so going into it you know one thing that I was concerned about, it was giving me Green Hornet vibes at first. <laughs> and, and I'm glad, Shots I'm really glad, broken. yeah, it didn't turn out to be that. Um, we already talked about T.I. You know, T.I. plays the same person all the time. You know, same <laughs> really voice, <does. laughs> same facial expressions. I kind of right. wish it was, uh, you know, Lakeith Stanfield from... Yeah, yeah cool. from Atlanta That'd or something cool. along those lines. But what really hurt my heart was, you know, how Scott Lang became such a proficient fighter to to defeat the Falcon. You know, I, I don't know how long he was training. It felt like three to four days with Which is what film. it should be, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for the Falcon to be owned, <laughs> you know, that easily – during that whole scene, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And that, and that kind of put the Falcon right up there with Hawkeye being taken right, over by right. Loki. <laughs> it was just like, oh, you guys are just you guys I are mean, just the worst. That brings me back to the end of Age of Ultron where did you guys find the new Avengers at a point kind of anticlimactic? <laughs> like where they get the reveal and like Hawkeye's in there. Oh, not Hawkeye. Jeez. I'm ready now connecting the two. Falcon's in there and you're just like, oh. So this is the team we're left with. Um, yeah. <laughs> this might strengthen that fact at that point. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So just I had like the, my main problem, and I do want to get to Jake's other point. So I'll, I'll make it quick. Ant-Man is repeatedly told throughout the film that his mask does not change That's um, every time that he shrinks. 
and this means that no ant or any bug can you know can support him whether he's yep. flying can't support him at all so it's like wait a minute he's he, you know he's on these ants he's flying on these on the on on these ants and stuff like that so yeah so go ahead Jake you can continue yeah, if you have it was, anything else like it's just that to um how like you see him like do stuff which some of the cool sequences is where like he runs on people's guns but if mm-hmm. someone had 200 pounds of force pushing down on their gun, they'd drop it because, like, that, you right. know what I mean? Uh, or the fact, and, like, if you go the other way, I didn't realize this until I went on the IMDb goof section, but, you know, you know when they blow up the Thomas the Tank Engine uh, train yeah. and it, like, right. breaks a car, if mass doesn't change, then that would be, like, a balloon, basically. It would, like, it would just bounce around. Yeah. It's and right. once again, I don't mind that they made this mistake because the movie would have so many logistical problems. If not, like right. it would be like, it, it would be super super annoying to watch. Uh, but that is just a thing that I I just I don't really like how I mean it's hard because on the one hand you want him to be able to beat people up when he's small, but on the other hand you right. don't want the physics to ruin the movie. So. I, I didn't notice it the first two times I saw the movie, so I'm not really going to complain the third. Right. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned Tom's Tank Engine, some of the most fun product placement in this film, just because everything's either gigantic or small for me in this film, like when like you have a giant Thomas the Tank Engine, or even just when they're fighting the briefcase and Siri pops up. Like It's pretty forced, but I actually do enjoy it for some reason, just because of uh, the difference in sizes. <laughs> Right, right. And it, um, okay, so so now that we've done that, let's go to favorite scene. I want to say favorite line towards the end because I think there's a lot of good stuff there. So mm-hmm. favorite scene of the film, Jerome, will lead off with you. What was your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene, uh, even though I do have issue, I agree with Will, like how does he defeat Falcon so easily? I really enjoyed the heist at the Avengers facility. Um, yeah. It's one of those situations where I know we always have to incorporate the MCU, but it makes sense because you already have an established past between Hank Pym and uh, Howard Stark, and it makes sense that his all his technology would be hidden in there. Uh, and it works well as a, a kind of initiation because we've already treated this movie as almost completely separate um, as a grounded reality, but you'd want to know at some point whether Ant-Man measures up with the rest of these heroes, and I think it's a cool way of showing it. Uh, so... And it just makes for, like, a really fun scene. Uh, the banter back and forth is funny. Um, it establishes things that, uh, like, have a lot of callbacks later on, uh, especially when he gets incorporated into Civil War. Um, yeah, it's a really fun scene. Uh, can I give a little trivia note that I saw about that? Apparently, it, sure. it came out because when uh, Paul Rudd and Adam McKay were rewriting the script, they said something along the lines of, like, oh, we really like that Falcon character in uh, Winter Soldier. I wonder if we could have him in him, him him in here just kind of as like an off-hand thing and like kevin Feige was like oh that's a great idea and like one thing led to another and like they kind of just that that scene just came up uh just in like they, they liked it like the marvel people liked the idea a lot of using that to incorporate it into the mcu and it all kind of yeah. started oh. just because they liked the falcon character uh so shouts to, shouts to anthony mackie that's interesting go ahead jake with your favorite scene uh my favorite scene is probably the first sequence of uh luis recounting uh how he heard about the heist um (laughs) just it just it's it's very it has the same uh um the same type of vibe as like the same director technique as drunk history where it's people saying like mouthing the words along with it and it's just it's mm-hmm. so fun to watch and i don't know it, it the first time i saw it i was just like oh i'm so happy that they're doing this it just made me really excited <laughs> <laughs> go ahead will all right so mine you know first the lead up to the scene is you got anthony getting shot man and they made sure he got the full Ricky from Boys in the Hood treatment because it was it was it was slow motion. You know, uh-huh. he had this callback like, you know, I'm actually hurt because this happened and the wing fell. But then the whole fighting scene inside the helicopter. I'm Very usually cool. not a big fan of of a lot of movement and you know a lot of things happening. 
but it was great. You know, I'm a big fan of the yellow jacket costume, the actual, Mm -hmm. the suit. Yeah. So, so that whole fighting scene, you know, falling into the pool, shout out to the black people with the pool. So (laughs) yeah, that's the, that's the one I liked. I like the fly swatter moment where he just knocks him like with the pig. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) You, you know what's interesting, you, uh, Will, you mentioned the yellow jacket suit, and man, in the future, I know they destroyed it, but I would love to see, because also in, also in the comics, uh, Hank Pym does don the yellow jacket suit at, mm-hmm. at, uh, at one point. I would love them to bring it back, because I did love that suit. That suit yeah. was, uh, was well done and, and looked tremendous and looked really threatening from a, from a villain, uh, villain perspective. My mm-hmm. favorite scene actually is I know Jake uh, went into Luisa's uh, first uh, story, the end story uh, at the very end of the film. That's my uh, favorite line. Also, that's, yeah, that's just like uh, actually, Jerome. I'll let you say. I'll let you have that as your favorite no, no, line. No, no, no. Talk about the scene. Go for it. Uh, oh yeah, but the the scene is great because it's like everything. Everything is done, and and Scott, Scott you know. And what you call it, ask Luis about the stuff, and Luis goes on in, in tremendous detail, and we mm-hmm. see we see every, we see everything. And actually, good point that I, I'm the last one to talk about this because it's only directly to our our next category before favorite line. Um, so we see all these different characters in it and the stuff that they mention. So this is the first time we hear somebody swinging uh, swinging on stuff. So it's oh, like, okay, yes. wait a minute, there's a oh, Spider Man. Yes. So that oh, was like. Yes. So, so I was like, it was exciting to hear that. And then it's just like, once that he's, once once that uh, Luis is done, and then Scott is like, what do you say? <laughs> and then the, the dramatic pause that Luis does is so funny. And then uh, he just says yes, and then it's over. It that's just, why it was so precious. Yeah. There too. yeah. It was just, it was just wonderful. And uh, it was a great way to cap uh, a, a really good movie. So moving on to that, well, moving on to the category that I was just talking about, Stan Lee's cameo, was it intrusive or not so much at all? Uh, Jake, go ahead. One, uh, he doesn't actually say his line, uh, so we don't have to deal with that. And yeah, he plays a bartender, which I'm willing to believe for a little bit. So Yes. And how about you, Jerome? Uh, well, we've already proven it through Captain America Winter Soldier that Stan Lee's lines are much better when they're read by another person. Shouts to Jake Christie. But yeah, <laughs> the fact that it's Michael Pena delivering the line, again, like we've all talked about how much we love this character. He definitely yeah. helped Stan Lee's uh, cameo in this uh, one for me. Absolutely. Go ahead, Will. I mean, it was a zero for me. I mean, because you're watching it and after a while you start to anticipate where, where is Stan? Where's right. Stan? You know, and for it not to have you know any impact on the story, it's a story within the story. Yeah, you know, that, that's a, that that's a zero for me. Yeah, same here for me. I call it a one. And again, this takes place after all of the main stuff has happened, so it's right. a kind of like an ancillary story at the end. So that's a one for me. So now that we got that out the way, now my favorite category for this movie: favorite <laughs> line. Let's get into it. Uh, yes. uh, what you call it? We're gonna we're gonna clear out some space. We're gonna give Will the ball. Will, <laughs> you have an ISO at the top of the key. What's your favorite line, sir? Now I may be contradicting myself right now because I know I said I didn't like Ti in the movie, <laughs> but <laughs> but one could say that I let you let me. Is <laughs> my favorite line of the movie because. <laughs> You're watching the movie, and and he really has no, he's not carrying any part of the movie to me. No, right. You know, to me, to me, he's not even there. Because yeah, why is why did they cast Michael him Pena. anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. That would you know, be so, an interesting backstory, like behind the scenes story. He, of, he, like, how did he? I and why did he say yes? He's not important enough. I wouldn't do that if I were him. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's a Marvel movie. If you get asked That's to be role in a Marvel true. movie, exactly. I think you would just go for it. That's right? true. Exactly. So for the, for them to let him throw that little one-liner in there, you know, I was like, okay, I like that. I like that. That was funny. That was good. 
So to the so to the panel, did you guys? I know we had discussed earlier about letting Will yeah. do a little monologue per se. Or is, yeah. Will, would you like would you like to continue on? Jerome and I each right. chose lines for him to read. Uh, you can do Jerome's right. first. Um, sure. Uh, before you get into the one I sent you, can you just say uh, the following? Uh, can you say Black Widow? Black Widow. Okay, and uh, I know you're a big fan of hers. Could you say Peggy Carter in your most enthusiastic way? Peggy Carter. Well, okay. there you go. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. <laughs> Save that dance. Um, okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I said this in our group chat. Um, I It's a, another Michael Pena line. Um, I really enjoyed it because of how he does it so nervously and him being him. But I think I just want to hear it with that will confidence. So, uh, yeah, go for it when you're ready. Which one was that again? The top oh, one. Oh, the one... Uh, the top one, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm good, I'm good. I'm sorry, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just excited. Plus, your girlfriend's really hot. So, you know, that makes me nervous, too. And you're very beautiful, ma'am. Oh, that's nice. And I, <laughs> that's nice I thought it would be good <laughs> to have Will, in his great voice, do uh, Hank Pym's speech, to which Paul Rudd responds... Wow, that was a great speech. So, without further ado, Will, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. You think I don't want to? I can't. I spent years wearing it. It took a toll on me. You're our only option. Before Hope lost her mother, she used to look at me like I was the greatest man in the world. Now she looks at me and there's just disappointment. It's too late for me, but not for you. This is your chance. The chance to earn that look in your daughter's eyes to become the hero she already thinks you are. It's not about saving our world. It's about theirs. Yeah. Yep. I'm about to live a better life. <laughs> Jeez, Will, that was tremendous. <laughs> that was beautiful. Absolutely. And Jake, great call, Jake. Thank yeah, you. that was a great call, Jake. <laughs> A plus. Thank Jake, you. you go next with your favorite line. All right, my favorite line, <laughs> switching gears completely, is, and it, I, I, you guys already know what it is because I uh, basically yelled at, um, <laughs> at Anthony when he tried to step on it. But, like, it's so good when uh, Scott gets out of prison and he says to Luis, Hey, how's your girl, man? And he says, Oh, she left me. Oh. Yeah, my mom died, too. And my dad got deported. But I got the van. <laughs> it, it should not work. It should not, <laughs> it work. Should not work at all, yeah, it but it was great. It shouldn't. <laughs> it's so perfect. It was perfect. Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, so I'm at this art museum with my cousin Ignacio, right? And there was this like abstract expressionism exhibit. But you know me, I'm more like a neo-cubist kind of guy, right? But there was this one Rothko that was sublime, bro. Oh my God. Just... For him to mention anything as sublime, bro, is so beautiful. <laughs> like, it's so good. And, like, just, again, something that you complete is completely unexpected of this character. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, honorable mention, Anthony already mentioned it, and uh, I'll get into it when we go into Captain America Civil War, but, like, Spider-Man's in the fucking universe. It's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> and when you hear, we got a guy who jumps, we got a guy who swings, we got a guy who crawls up the walls, you got to be more specific. Oh, Marvel, be more specific. Tell me what I'm going to get here. It's, <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Like, in that moment, and I'll ask you guys, like, did you even still believe that, Mar like, Spider-Man was coming? Because I did it. Like, I was just like, how are they going to screw this up for me? Like, how are they going to ruin my dreams right now? Cause like, I know the word was out there and I think they were still looking for the uh, actor at this moment. Yeah. But like, I was so ready for Sony to just like kibosh the whole thing and ruin it all. But hearing that line in that moment and completely unexpected, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Absolutely. Love, love, Spy love me some Spider-Man. Can't wait to talk about Spider-Man. Excited yes, to sir. in the future. But uh, my f my favorite line, actually, honorable mention first. Uh, Scott Lang is is uh, professing to Hank Pym. Absolutely, my days of breaking into places and stealing shit are done. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some shit. So, 
So actually, my favorite my favorite line of the movie actually is when uh when a Scott is taking on a uh, Falcon, and he's talking to Hank and Hope at the same time. So he says, "It's okay, you can't see me." And then you hear Sam go, "I can see you." He can see me. So then he, so then he he scales up and unlatches his helmet and he goes, "Hi, I'm Scott." And then Hope goes, "Did he just say hi? I'm Scott." <laughs> And it's funny because it's like it's it's supposed to be a fight scene. It's supposed to be serious, and he's supposed to be stealing stuff. And still, Marvel finds a way to make Beautiful. the shit funny. So it's Beautiful. That, that was really that was really incredible. Um, so, since you mentioned Scotland, sorry, I want to add one more. Uh, just because Will was talking about how wonderfully grounded this movie is, any like Joe Schmo would definitely react the way Scott reacted when he said, "I think our first move should be." calling the avengers it hasn't <laughs> happened yet it never yeah. happens in any of the films since the first avengers and the fact that it's finally said ah oh, beautiful yeah beautiful. you've been harping on that point for for a while and uh yeah that was interesting that that came up and hank pym's response um dealing with uh howard stark earlier and yes. earlier in his life it's probably, believable yeah it probably came up so that's uh, that's that's interesting yeah, so it's, like, al- it's also of- worth mentioning that yeah, and I I hadn't thought about it until now that everyone makes a big deal about how this movie was you know taken away from Edgar Wright or like he left the movie, but technically speaking, since Adam McKay did the rewrites, I believe this is the first MCU movie to be written by an Academy Award winning screenwriter. So, okay, so there you go. So like, I, I just want to say because I realize that when people talk about this movie's writing, it's like isn't it crazy how like how it's you know was rewritten by Adam McKay and it's like super like no Adam McKay is a great screenwriter too i don't know i just felt like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i feel like people talk down adam mckay too much about this movie anyway it, it i think it was a lot of the edgar wright fanboying like it's it's kind of similar to like give us the Zack snyder cut it's just yeah. oh no yeah i think i would rather in, die having... <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah. i hate. I, I think it's a lot of like in not having it suddenly it's like no this is like what we missed out on but you have no idea what it was going to be anyway yeah for yeah. sure sure yeah, overall, overall, very interesting movie. Do you guys have any final, final thoughts on this movie before we get to rankings? Um, hey, anybody could go ahead. The floor is open. Oh, uh, small note. Uh, Marvel title cards. Uh, Marvel title cards are always better when you're not using any of the generic Marvel music. So case in point, this was a good example in this movie where it started off with uh, some, I, didn't, I can't, describe the genre but like similar to iron man 3 where it started with blue instead of just like classic marvel music it's always yeah. more fun when you see that in there yeah uh, that's just one thing speaking of the music i actually maybe it's just me i don't know why but other than the avengers music this is the one uh movie where i remember the music like the theme of that i actually like i think that that's really good it's bizarre because like i was thinking about it when i was listening to it i'm like Wait, this is familiar. And other than the event, I don't remember what the Iron Man. Like, I'm serious though. Like, and I feel like it just mm-hmm. is. Even though the movie's mostly comedic, like that's a really, it's a, it's very forward moving. I don't know. I really like the music in this movie. It also, harkens to like some classic comic books. That, yeah, like almost like the old Batman series, which is really yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just gonna say that uh, the opening scene where they um, digitally alter uh, Hank Pym looks pretty mm-hmm. good it looks better than some other stuff i've seen not quite as good as right. kurt russell and guardians 2 but we'll get there yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> will do you have any final thoughts on this movie overall you know we we didn't talk about darren cross a lot but right. you know I, I did kind of like his yeah being a stan of hank pym right you know and <laughs> just 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 trying to be, be him so hard and right. it just wasn't working out for him yeah, yeah, and and he was I a think, solid villain. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And, yeah, Corey Stoll. I've seen. I mean, we've seen him in a lot of different things. House of Cards. Um, he was on an he was on an episode of Homeland. Um, yeah, he's been and what you call it. I don't know if anybody ever watched that show on FX, The Strain. I tried. I tried a, a season, and I just couldn't. I couldn't. It was just. <laughs> it was just like it's a little too much for me. But um, otherwise. I, he was. I think he was perfectly cast as the villain in this movie. He played a very over-eager assistant looking to be the man very well. Right. Um, and then for me, final thoughts on this movie. I think this is a. This was just a a very solid movie in terms of 
kind of bridging the gap of uh, Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War. So we get a little stuff. We get we get some stuff with Falcon mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And then in the the um, end credit scene, uh, we get so we get to see the Hope with the Wasp suit. Oh, so, which yeah. we'll which we'll see in the future in Ant Man and the Wasp. That should be very uh, interesting to watch. And then the end end credit scene, we actually get we actually get a uh, a scene from Civil War where it ends with uh, Sam Wilson telling Cap, "I know a guy." So obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, so that'll be interesting to see how Ant Man plays to Civil War. And uh, going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but overall, I thought this was a this was a really good film. So now we'll get to our uh, our hotly debated rankings, which people love to. I, I, one person even made a list of of our rankings after. Let me well, find like, his name so we can shout him out. Uh, yeah, I think it, is it is it Fabish? Yeah, I think, I think it's Fabish. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Fabish. Shouts to Fabish. Also, he just asked. I have it written down. Right, right. You know, <laughs> he didn't have to <laughs> listen that closely. Count the ding statistician. Like, obviously, you would have these uh, this data ready. Yeah, yeah, right. So, anyway. okay, so rankings. Uh, Jake, where would you rank this Ant Man film? Uh, I would go Black Panther, Cap Two, Guardians, Avengers, uh, Ultron, Iron Man, Ant Man, Iron Man Three, Cap One, Thor, Iron Man Two, Thor Two, Incredible Hulk. But it's uh. Ant-Man's a lot closer to Iron Man 1 than it is to Iron Man 3. Right. Yes, go ahead, Jerome. Uh, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Ant-Man, Iron Man, uh, Avengers Age Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Thor, Dark World, Incredible Hulk. Uh, I mentioned this on an earlier pod. It's... It's really just a testament to how well these movies, like they've figured out these movies. Ant-Man on paper shouldn't rank ahead of Iron Man for me, but I think yeah. just the quality of the film and how much I enjoy it, and it does have the benefit of all the built-in universe behind it. it yes. I just enjoy it a lot more. Also, I'm sorry, Iron Man doesn't have Luis. No. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Well, I know you've been doing rankings, so I guess to this point. You can you can give us the rankings of the movies that you've rewatched, uh, plus uh, Ant Man as well. All right. So, what I'm going to do is, I'll send that to you guys because okay. I'm watching the rest of up to where you guys are this weekend. But I do have my top five. Okay, ladies go ahead. Of the Marvel ladies of the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. <laughs> top five, top five, top five. Woo. Okay, so we're starting okay. starting at number five. Is Gamora. Okay. Number four is Miss Hope Pym. Okay. Okay. Number three. Like you can live through. Oh, no, no. I like necks. You know, (laughs) I I like seeing her neck throughout the movie. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Number three is Miss Pepper Potts. Number two, Miss Romanoff. Mm. And number one, Miss Peggy Carter. Miss Peggy Carter. That's well said. <laughs> well said. Will, you were great on this. Quickly, quickly, uh, my rankings. Black Panther, Captain America 2, uh, Avengers, Guardians of the Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2, Thor, the Dark World, and bringing up the rear, as always, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, quick question anthony why do you have ant-man ahead of iron man because i actually kind of felt like you would have iron because it would hold such a uh, close spot for you so i'm curious why you have ant-man ahead well i think what's interesting is is as time has gone on and you're far more removed of it and this is no shade towards a, towards the iron man film it has a special mm-hmm. place in my heart always but i think you and you did a great job of just kind of painting the picture of why that is for me is because with this built-in universe and all of the backstory stuff we had and i appreciate that first scene that we get with howard stark and hank pym and and that was very interesting to watch and i think everything around it and this was just a really solid film and they didn't they didn't go too crazy with it but they mm-hmm. to make all of these seemingly normal characters very interesting and very funny and i appreciated the idea and i always love a good redemption story so right. 
so it 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 fit for me in terms of in terms of how I view these superhero movies. So yeah, that's why I would that's why I would put it ahead. And then yeah, of course, like a little newer, a little fresher. Um, with that uh, coming out of a couple of years ago and stuff, so I, I yeah, from that standpoint, I would put uh, Ant Man ahead of Iron Man. Cool. So, if that's the case, before we get out of here, Will, we want to thank you for joining us today. You were a pleasure to have on. That's fantastic. No problem, uh, fellas. Anytime. Really great job. Where can we follow you, and where where can we hear your thoughts? So on Twitter. I'm at blunt because I care three six five. The three is an E. Everywhere else, I basically fell off of because Twitter is life right now. You're damn right, it is. <laughs> You're goddamn right, it is. Since 2012, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Jake, where can we follow you? Sir? Uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast, Sorted History. I am actually recording an episode of that right after this. Uh. Yeah, rate, review, and subscribe to this pod, please. Uh, we put a lot of effort into it, and we like doing it. So, and and Jerome, go ahead, sir. Uh, also, can find me on Twitter at Black Dragon Roll. Feel free to scroll down and see if you can find any older problematic tweets. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Anthony Canton the Third, AC Spotlight Nine Five on Twitter. Uh, Selfish the Poetry Book still available go check it out this podcast uh, Marvel Cinematic University as always this has been a pleasure to do with uh, with you gentlemen and I'm happy to continue to do this as long as we physically and vocally can so, yeah, looking forward to the continuing to do these episodes with you guys and Will Brown you are always welcome to return so, Not to give away our recording time, 23 days, guys. 23 days. Woo. Oh, goodness Dang. gracious. We're almost there. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's coming. So for, for Jake Christie, for Will Brown, and for Jerome Chang, I am Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.